you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Yep. Hear you a lot better now. Yeah. Much uh, better quality. I, well, I don't know what happened. I mean, I had the app open. I don't know. And I, and I had, you know, it's either that or I try to call you. You know, I don't know what you mean being online. Online uh, just means the app is up and running. And, uh, well, it was up, up and running. Well, you're, you're using it, I mean, you're I, using a different account again. So God, I, I, I have four different Skype accounts for you. I was calling Jack Brinker laptop, which is the one that you had been using when you were using your new laptop. This one, what are you calling me on? How do I tell? What device are you using that you called me on? Same one we did last time. I haven't changed. I haven't, You're I haven't on your, been on my iPad or the old computer or anything for a long time. This is my the, new new computer. Okay. I have no idea then because this, this account comes up as Jack Brinker. I have another account that comes up as Jack Brinker Laptop. I have another account that comes up as Jack Guest, and I've talked to you on all of those. Um, and then I've got another one that if all I scroll the down. the same here, machine, huh? Oh, Jack Brinker Mini. That was when you were using the Mini uh, computer calling me. Oh well, I, that one's that one's I, old. I, I haven't used use that, that one in a while, but literally the last three calls that I have from you are on three different accounts, which means you went into the system huh. and instead of logging in from the old account using your password, you created a new account. So I never know which one to call. <laughs> well, how 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 are we supposed to know what what we're calling on? What I'm I don't know. I only have one account, so I don't understand how come you have four. It says chats, calls, whatever. And if I push calls, what does that mean? It's this echo test today. It just says Todd Brinker. And I don't I, I don't yeah. understand how how it works different. How yeah. would it be different? Because this is the same Skype that I, I've always had on, you know. I updated the app, by the way. Just before I called you this morning. Yeah, they now, do you they suppose up, that grabbed a different. You suppose that grabbed a different it, account. Shouldn't I mean I, the, uh, Skype updates about every third time I launch it, so it's they they send out little updates to the Skype all the time. Um, oh well. Anyway, when I first brought it up, it said new up or update available, so I clicked the button because I had five minutes or something to wait. So it did, and uh, maybe that changed it somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, anyway, hard to figure out. It says status, status. What does that mean? Oh, be back out for lunch, in meetings, traveling, celebrating, whatever, at the gym. That doesn't mean that doesn't solve the problem. <laughs> anyway, we're here, and uh, we are. I, I threw a few things up there to talk about that kind of been going on in the background this past week. Okay. Uh, well, why don't we play our music oh. and start? Okay, we just as well. Good day to you all. Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined by my dad, Jack. How are you today? I think I'm doing okay. Yeah. Thus far. <laughs> yeah. 
so far. It's early. <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> Some, sometimes you never know. Programs yeah. work differently or something goes haywire, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or or I touched something and didn't mean to. Yeah. And it all went haywire. <laughs> that happens too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been frustrated lately with some of my touch devices and I fi- finally figured out what it is is it's the it's the air here is very very dry right now and so I'm not getting good contact on my touch devices sometimes and it's frustrating when I have to tap mm-hmm. something a couple times to get it to realize that I'm tapping it cuz there's just my skin is dry you know ah uh, yeah yeah I, I've noticed that occasionally yeah. Fingers well, and aren't as moist. Right. And my skin is not it's, it's dry enough that it's, you know, the skin is actually like cracking and splitting and bleeding in some cases. And then it's not dry anymore. But I don't know. Really oh, you're I'm, southwest dry. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. east coast dry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different it's it's different for it, sure. It's a different dry. Now, I remember when yeah. I was a kid, you used to have problems with your skin getting so dried out that it would split open and bleed and it's I have the same affliction. Yay. Imagine yeah. that. Yay. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't have any bleeding hands anymore here on the East Coast, so yeah. I guess I'm settled, settled in the right spot. Yeah. Although I'm more wrink, wrinkly than ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think, the, I think, I think the whole body is drying out now. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I don't think that's a result of your, <laughs> of your uh, weather. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I did something a little different this morning. Um, when we were before we went on the air, you know, we were going back and forth, and I finally I called you on my phone to say, hey, you know, I'm not able to connect, and, and you know, we worked that out. But when I called you, I went onto my phone and I turned on the ability to make and receive phone calls from my Mac or my iPad, and then I set it on for my uh, the Mac that I'm using, and then I made the phone call on my Mac. So that way I could keep on my uh, headphones instead of take off my headphones and pick up the phone or put on the speaker phone or whatever. Um, and yeah. I hadn't, I had intentionally kept that turned off most of the time because I don't want phone calls ringing on my iPad or my Mac or my, you know, I just don't want that. Generally speaking, I don't like that. But, um, but that was handy to be able to make a phone call f- from my Mac. It's a little unintuitive, though, because you do it through the FaceTime app. So... There is yeah. no phone app on your Mac, so you just make a voice right. call via FaceTime, and you can, right. you know, and, and and if your phone is connected nearby, it'll actually use your phone to make that call. Well, you know, weird. I, I was a little puzzled when you called me uh, mm-hmm. because uh, I didn't answer my phone. Mm-hmm. I, my phone didn't ring. It came in on the on my phone. Uh, yeah, so you have you have make and receive phone calls turned on on your device, and that yes. is the default. And well, but but you see, uh, I I also have uh, earphones that work. Uh, I mean, he- hearing aids rather that right. work from from the phone. Right. So apparently, when it came in, it connected me to the phone because my ear earphones or my my hearing aids do not work. With my laptop, uh huh. You see, yeah. So it was a. I, I don't know what's going on. Well, when you say uh, but, when you can say when when you turn on the function to make or receive phone calls from other devices, it's still using your phone mm-hmm. because it's the only device that has a connection to the cellular network uh, for uh, for voice calls. So so yeah. 
you know, maybe because you have hearing aids attached to it, it knew it needed to route the sound through the phone. Because I just did the same thing. Or when I made the call, um, I'm using headphones that are connected to the Mac. Yeah, but so- something had to answer the phone, first of all. You know, and so the mm-hmm. phone, apparently my computer answered the phone, but the phone knew that you didn't I click on a button or anything when the, connected. when the call, when the call came yeah. in, you didn't click on a green button or anything to say answer. Did nothing. I okay. did nothing. That no. seems odd that it would just so, suddenly be so, there. So I was puzzled, but, but, but what our audience needs to know is that in addition to wearing my hearing aids, I just have a headset that I put on over top of that. Yeah. So that then later when when you dial through Skype, now I've get get it through the headphones which is connected mm-hmm. to my computer. Yeah. And and then suddenly, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I realized I was I was listening before through through my hearing aids, not the headphones. <laughs> yeah. Which by the way, the boom mic on the headphone sounds like it's a little close to your mouth. I'm getting a little bit of um Oh, it it was. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of distortion there, but not much. It wasn't bad. But uh, so we, oh. we we shared several different things to talk about uh, this morning. Um, first one's not really a tech thing, but I thought it was interesting. It actually came, you, you shared this on Saturday. Somebody we've been talking about was uh, a singer, Jimmy Rogers. And when I was a young kid, I liked a couple of his songs. And that was, you know, basically sort of near the end of his career. And I was listening to some of his songs that were from the beginning of his career. Uh because in the late 60s, he basically got taken but, out. But he still, yeah. He's still yeah, around. I had no, he, well, he, no, he's since passed. Oh, has he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but because this video is uh, 10 years old that, that I sent uh. to you recently. But it was recorded in 2010 or 2011 or something uh-huh. like that. I forgot. Or at least that was when it was posted. Uh, mm-hmm. So it could have been from sometime earlier. I, I, yeah, no, he just I passed away in January of 2021, so not that long ago. Oh, so, okay, it was more recent. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it was interesting because earlier I had learned about his, uh, well, there was a, right. was that a, a video before or what? I forgot we, what we yeah, started you'd, with. Yeah, you had sent a video. Well, yeah. you'd, you'd sent uh, a link to a, uh, uh, like a documentary type thing a while back. But then more recently, it was just a little brief, like, 10-minute talk by him. And I found that more interesting, yeah. honestly. Um, and just for clarification, too, we're talking about James Frederick Rogers, Jimmy Rogers, who was a pop singer in the, uh, like, late 50s, 60s. early 60s, basically. Mostly most yeah. the early 60s. But, uh, but, like, 57, I think, was his first hit, uh, Honeycomb. Uh, as opposed to Jimmy Rogers, the the sort of folk country singer uh, from uh, the generation prior to that. And so there's two Jimmy Rogers that are set maybe, I don't know, 30 years apart, 40 years apart, Yeah, both of whom had some success. For a celebrity singer, I don't know of anybody who has a sadder story to tell about his life than this poor man. Yeah. I mean, uh, the fact that he lost his wife then also, uh, after all of this, Mm -hmm. uh, nonsense but basically a corporation that he signed up with called roulette mm-hmm. was run by gangsters and they hired some some bad cops in la to assassinate him they didn't quite get the job done but they sure messed up his life including yeah. his voice yeah he survived yeah. but had to have brain surgery 
uh, and basically yeah. learn how to walk and talk again and did and, that. And the gangsters had never paid him royalties on his first four number one hits. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they came after him only because he changed labels. He quit their label. Right. And, and, uh, there were other singers apparently signed onto that label that mm-hmm. apparently were more aware or had been, they were threatened, I guess. Yeah, they, who, who knew that when you signed with Roulette that you were gambling with your life, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, I, I meant to dig into that more to just to see what I could find out mm-hmm. about the gangs and people involved because he did win a lawsuit with the L.A. Police Department to get uh, uh, compensation of a couple hundred thousand dollars, but that, that would come a day late and lots of dollars short from what, caused in his life you know mm-hmm. basically he took his career away but he did what was amazing is he did find a uh a practicing physician from uh some doctor in minnesota that had come up with some miraculous way to restore his voice so that he did record later yes and now not for long but yeah no they actually sleep. had to give him injections of um of um uh botox to, re- to relax some muscles because there were like muscles in his throat that were pressing on his vocal cords. And then they then f- went back and did a thing where they did collagen injections. And eventually they were actually able to place um, uh, like like uh, inserts in there so to keep the muscles from pressing on the vocal cords so that he could speak and sing. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, he's still uh, just prior or in the past 10 years has created – well, he's been around talking to people, I guess, telling the story and all this. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it's uh, it's really terrible because you don't think that bad things like this ever happen to these people that become really famous. And, of course, you assume that they made millions of dollars and whatever. Yeah. Well, back in the day, he was they weren't making millions. But they were still making good money. And he had yeah. a nice place for his family yeah. and all. But Comparatively uh, good money. Anyway. To the to the average middle class American, but yeah, uh, not uh, not what they had deserved contractually, basically, according to to this particular uh, label. Yeah, no. And if there is a Wikipedia page on Roulette Records, I just sent you the link to it, and it talks about the fact that they had uh, known ties to New York City mobsters and the the um, Morris Levy, who was one of their bosses ran the label with an iron fist literally <laughs> or i guess not literally <laughs> figuratively but uh yeah. um but there you know there's a f- they had a fair number of people i mean uh um you know tommy james was one of the people they had signed so they had people who were making hits but uh boy if you you didn't complain there hey louis armstrong was even on the list of people Dwayne eddie mm-hmm. what's it names yeah i'm surprised so so yeah so yeah no there's uh you know and and who's to say how long each of these different people were were there or you know not there but uh um you know it's uh it's a shame yeah because not only did he you know lose his wife and and his livelihood at one point in time because of the people who supposedly were were on his side to help everybody make more money. Um, you know, and then, and then he had this health issue, 
on top of the brain surgery that that messed up his voice, and then he got his voice back, and you know it's just um, uh, yeah. But because of the the problem with his voice, he became very aware of that particular. I can't remember the name of the affliction, but he actually went around uh, uh, working with people and 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 others that had that same problem, um, and yeah. uh, making people aware of it and yeah. helping you know raise money for the people to to you know get the uh, help they needed to get their voice back because you know you lose yeah. your voice. Yeah, he you... was very gen- generous in trying to help that doctor help other people. Yeah. Yeah. By all accounts, a pretty good guy who, frankly, could have spent his life being really angry and bitter, given the uh, yeah. stuff that had happened to but, him. So, But any, anyway, you you and I just happened to be at the Carousel Mall in San Bernardino back in the, what yeah. would you say, the 60s when we first got well, out there? Pro- no, we, we didn't move here till mid-70s. 70s. Mid-70s. 70s. So we moved here in 74, I think, Southern California in 74. No, 76, because I went so, to, that was 76. my freshman, freshman year in high school, 76. So, so anyway, yeah. we, we happened to be up in the mall, and they had some booze near a mm-hmm. fountain, a soda fountain or something up there. And we had sat down, and lo and behold, two booths down, but around the corner so we could see them easily. What mm-hmm. The booths went down two walls at right angles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked up and said, wow, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was Jimmy Rogers sitting with his manager and a couple other people there because he was scheduled to be on a show down below the, the carousel had two levels and right and people could stand around at the top as well as gather at the bottom and listen to uh, music by guest stars it attracted people to come into the mall over the weekend and, and uh, so they were just having lunch or something before that performance yep but we didn't talk to him or anything, but it was, he was obvi- obviously dressed out of normal street clothes, so that he stood out. Yeah, yeah, he was he was in his stage wear, ready yeah. to go on. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, you know, when when I first started listening to music, I kind of dug through like you know forty fives and albums that you had to sort of see what you had as far as music, and there were some that I picked out that I liked, and and I think uh, you know he you had something of his that I'd gotten and that was one of the early things that I remember listening to. Yeah, there were there were several records that were hits, but I I just don't recall today yeah. what they were. No. Nah. Well his so. biggest one was Honeycomb and I think there's a lot of people in other generations who remember that because he licensed that or should I say maybe the roulette people licensed that. He maybe didn't see the money. Uh to the honeycomb cereal. And so it was used in commercials all the time. So kids know that song. Yeah. Yeah, it was well marketed. Yeah, but yeah. Whether he anyway, saw any of that money or not, so you know that's that's the question, right? <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately. So tech stuff. Um, so first just thing recently. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, just recent news is that Bob Iger has come back to take over the Disney Corporation. That was kind of shocking. And- not again, not necessarily tech stuff in in that, but we do have a tech tech uh, aspect to it but that was a shock i mean over the weekend they fired their ceo and brought back his predecessor uh and and his predecessor had handpicked uh bob chapak or chapak uh as his as his successor and it just wasn't working it just wasn't working and so um, well i mean for, for a company for a company that 
just has to appeal to everybody's kids. I mean, that's right. been their market for years, guaranteed things. You know, yeah. Disney, you could take, safe to take your kids. But suddenly he got a lot of crazy woke ideas or different ideas that a lot of families did not approve of. And right. Wiped up. Well, you know, that was the first. The that was the first shoe to fall. The the last shoe to fall was then he he basically handled a an earnings call horribly, and seemed to try to brush under the carpet the fact that they had lost a ton of money. <laughs> and he was not, and he goes, "Oh, no big deal," and, and moved on. And people were like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, you, what?" <laughs> and apparently, it was <laughs> it wasn't projected well either. And the CEO's job is to make sure there's no surprises. Everybody, you know, you should be leaking in advance out to people what's going on so that by the time you make your announcement, nobody's shocked. Because if they're shocked when you make your financial announcements, it hits the bottom line. Stock prices change. And, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So, anyway, anyway the uh, news is, or at least the, the rumor is, you want to share it? We didn't yeah, even, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and I'd, I'd put the crazy rumor in there, too, because it's the first time I saw it. And I thought, well, yeah. that's, that is a crazy rumor. Anyway, it says that Bob Iger might want to sell Disney to Apple. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think there's, you know, I don't know if there's any basis for that rumor other right. than for a long time ago, uh, it just seemed like a lot of people had the sense that Disney was the kind of company that would appeal to Apple. And so right. the, this is not the first time that's been rumored. Yeah. Uh, but, but well, it's when Disney short. bought out Pixar, Steve Jobs became the single largest shareholder of Disney stock because he owned Pixar. Right. And so um, that was a big move, and a lot of people thought that it made sense. The thing is, is that even though Apple is financially a bigger company, Disney actually had more employees at the time. And Disney has a very strong company culture that is not Apple's company culture. And when you take on you know, something that's going to literally more than double the size of your, your company uh, uh, personnel, you know— yeah. You don't well, get to maintain. The, you may end up being more of Disney's culture than than Apple's because there's more of them. You know. Well, well, Apple is getting the uh, Apple TV, you know, ready right. for the big time. And I was thinking that Apple mm -hmm. could become one of those things where, if they were to purchase Disney, they might become a Apple uh, over company over several different divisions. You know, right. big divisions that kind of run themselves. Right. Yeah. And yeah. They would, they would have the a, parts a leader of Apple that makes sense. You know, uh, mm -hmm. that's the way this kind of merger would work. Well, I think it would uh, have to. Yeah. If, I think if, that uh, Disney would still be an uh, somewhat autonomous and realize Disney's not just Disney. Disney is Disney, Hulu, ESPN and ABC. Because Disney owns yeah, all them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. so it, it would yeah, be that was a that was one of those conglomerate that's the word i'm looking for right companies that cover, covers yeah. lots of things yeah uh, so, apple hasn't been managed that way at all no uh, and and disney's already a conglomerate so apple would be taking on something significant that way but um yeah i doubt it but it would be interesting you know because they have a lot of content that is very disney like you know so anyway, it's an interesting rumor. So I just had to throw it in to say a few words about it anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I don't think we need to spend the 
great yeah. deal of time on it, but the the fact that it's yeah it's out there now and well, I, I'm w- I'm with you. I think it's 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 an interesting thing to speculate about, but I think the odds of this happening are pretty low. You know, yeah. if Bob if Bob Iger had wanted to sell Disney to Apple or to anybody, I think he would have made overtures to do that when he was CEO the first time round. And there was no indication yeah. that that was the case. You know, that's right. That's right. So you know, who who knows what Bob's going to do with the company when he. But but just bringing him back suddenly makes people feel good. That as if I were a stockholder, I would be just delighted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because if the the company had gone really down the tubes, uh, and a lot of people would come back in now and uh, stock owners. And, right. And, yeah. Uh, well, given his as the long as results over his first tenure was, uh, you know, he basically presided over a long period of growth, and uh, and his replacement seemed to dismantle that pretty quickly. And so they called him back and said, help. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, theoretically, you'll be able to uh, at least put, you know, right the ship a little bit. We'll see. I'm sure that's the intent anyway. They did say when they brought him back that it would be for, um, you know, two or three years as he looks for a new replacement. And he didn't do so good at picking his replacement the first time around. So we'll see. We'll see if he does any yeah. better this time around. But, uh, okay. yeah, you know, Disney now owns Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilms, and 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's a lot of video, and Apple has the, the tools where they can mm-hmm. make that a very good, uh, yeah. make very good use of that catalog of things. Right. Uh, Not that Disney, you know, Disney Plus has been one of the most successful launches as far as an online service uh as well so you know i mean they've had a few stumbles yeah um most notably when they first launched um one of the marvel things they had uh the star they had told her that 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 she would get a percentage of the box office and then they didn't release it at the Mm -hmm. box office they released it online and she sued them and they lost uh Uh, because they basically you know kind of cheated her (laughs) You know? Yeah, and and well, she said, "Well, anyway, wait a minute." I, I I've thought of if Apple to buy were to buy a property like this with all those mm-hmm. companies involved. First of all, they would say want a strong look before they made the decision at the profitability of each of those sectors and how they're doing. Right. You know, uh, because they they might pare it down after they bought it. By, yeah, you know, buy by, part of it and sell off part of it. Part yeah, of it. right. Uh, that makes sense, uh, you know. Well, and they've got a, a pretty good ongoing, you know, production system already or team already. They're they're putting out lots of good shows. If you go to Apple TV Plus, um, I mean, obviously they don't yeah. have the back catalog that that Disney and and its many purchased entities will have, but they've been putting out some really high quality stuff. They have, yeah. they have. So and, and so maybe they would look look at that as a distraction. So what what they're doing already, you know, yeah. because they're doing a lot of other things behind the scenes to grow that. So who knows mm-hmm. what that is? Yeah. Anyway, shall, shall we move along to another topic? I saw this and I said, well, given the fact there's this crack crook uh, who just crashed his company, uh, it looks like criminally uh, by taking lots of people's money for a cryptocurrency based uh-huh. system. Uh, 
there, there's now a, a thing here that says Apple co-founder says many cryptocurrencies are ripoffs. <laughs> right. So that that that's good that he said that because one of them really just came to about recently uh-huh. and and surely many more will. And, but it says but only one is pure gold. But when you read the actual article, the way he said that pure gold wasn't quite that way. Right. It's, he said that he was a he was impressed with the true gold of mathematics. There's the mathematics that make cryptocurrency yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah, they're and they're twisting interesting characteristics. They're twist twisting words. This article to me looks like an ad more than anything else because it seems like it's pr- pretty much chock full of, you know, click here to get this trade, get get trades for 99 cents, and there's all kinds of stuff embedded in here that this is basically just a a a filler piece in order to stick a bunch of ads in it. You know, and in fact, yeah, yeah. if you read down a little lower, Wozniak's launched his own cryptocurrency called eForce. Yeah, you know, so, so so anyway, because it was by uh, Wozniak, I knew he would be looking at it from an algorithm standpoint. After yeah. all, he's a coder and he still yeah. got his head there. You know, yeah, he likes the mathematics of it, which sure, the, the so concept anyway, is interesting. Uh, he, the, most of the what you know about this concept are those things where they be had, had uh, uh, been in the financial business of that, those markets. There's a lot of ways that you can take this code and use it for other things if you understand what the what it really has to offer. But yeah. one of the real problems, potential hindrances to its large-scale ad- adoption, he says, is it's a hard-to-trace. That's the nature of cryptocurrencies. So that is a downfall in the, in the market that you know, and the financial yeah. market. What they, what they, what he meant. Got to know and track. Well, what he meant to you say is, ahead. it's hard to trace the ownership of it. The whole point of the cryptocurrency being based on a blockchain is that it's absolutely easy to trace that transactions have been made, and that everybody can verify and agree that the transaction was made. That's what it's designed to do. Yeah. Um, Right. But but the traceability. But the thing is, is it's not untraceable either. And the, and the projection within the the world that, you know, out to people is like, oh, nobody will know this is baloney. There are people who, who can know it and can trace it back to you. And so don't think that you uh, can do illicit and illegal things and get paid doing, you know, paid with Bitcoin and that you'll be getting off scot free. Yeah. A- anyway, uh there, there are people who got the money to dabble in it and not put themselves at any risk, but they yeah. are all, if they're smart at all, know that there's lots of risks associated with these financial companies that are based on cryptocurrency. Right. Well, the guy who's who's so, getting it, that's been in the news, and I don't know his name, and don't really want to repeat it, even if I did. But um, you know, it wasn't that he ran a cryptocurrency; he ran a company that was an exchange for cryptocurrencies. So, you know, and ostensibly he was supposed to get a percentage of every transaction because he was running this exchange. You know, it's like the guy who made all his money, you know, selling pickaxes and tents to the the miners, you know, during the gold rush. (laughs) You know, the guys who got rich weren't the guys digging for gold. It was the guys selling them Levi's and and pickaxes and tents. So. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and. I've never been even slightly tempted to get involved with cryptocurrency. It just, it, you know, it's it on on the face of it looked like something that was going to be ridiculously volatile and have no uh, no parachute. 
And so I was not at all impressed with the concept. Well, well, in the next one, Elon Musk has been so much in the news that I had to to uh, pick pick a, an article for that reason. And <laughs> I'm one, sorry, one, Elon, one, Elon one, who? The, the What's big, this guy's name? I've never heard of that guy. What? Never heard of him, yeah. <laughs> well, well, anyway, I, I thought this was a funny comment, the title of the article, because the first first of all, I got, got to have to give the background, and that mm. is that, uh, of course, Elon is... Uh, the o- new owner of Twitter, and he has mm. to sell his app through <laughs> the available app stores. He's going to sell Twitter to Apple. iPhones. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, he, he wants to sell the Twitter app mm-hmm. through the Apple store, mm-hmm. continue to do that, as well as through the Google stores for the, uh, for the, uh, yeah. one of the other phones, whatever they are. Anyway, uh, so it says here that, Apple, I guess, and Google could very well ban the Twitter app. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if they've told him that, but uh, with all the crazy things that are going on, they could do that. You know, they've, yeah. they've taken people's apps off the yeah. show before. So I anyway, think this Elon is says. Supposition by this author, but yeah, I don't yeah. think it's. Well, anyway, even, the, even the author says the, it's probably unlikely, but anyway. Right. The, uh, the, the title of the article was Elon Musk says he'll build his own smartphone if Apple and Google ban Twitter. <laughs> and I yeah. laughed and thought, well, that's that's nonsense because he wants lots of people to have the Twitter app, not just have to buy yeah. a smartphone from him to get it. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So I mean, how it's, many it's hardcore incredibly stupid, how many hardcore <laughs> Twitter fans would would uh, would drop their, you know, their Android or iPhone? In order to go get a, you know, a, a Twitter phone, um, you know. Right. Although I we say that, you know, you have sent me in the past things about rumors about him having, uh, getting ready to launch a phone that works through the satellite network that he's putting up, the Starlink network. Oh, so it'd be a direct. Oh, oh there's a lot of. Th- th- those are all fake stories, but they're yeah. they're just people in- thinking about what you could do when when you have uh, a satellite yeah. system to connect to your phone and integrate right. it into the iPhone or into yeah. whatever phone you make. Yeah. Well, and you think so, about it, like the iPhone, the current iPhones now have access to satellite capabilities, but it's for emergencies only. Well, and a lot of that's because of the cost of of accessing the satellite. But if the, you know, if you own the satellites and you're just using the phones for uh, excess capacity, then it maybe becomes affordable. So, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of what ifs there, you know? Sure. I mean, I'm sure you'd have yeah. to sit down and run the numbers and say, well, how much capacity do my satellites have and that kind of stuff. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting but, to dream about. But anyway, it's, a, it, it's just because he's been in the headlines and all that lately that I said, well, okay, I'll see, <laughs> bring up some of the, the issues there with that, I I think uh, Elon. A lot of people thought he was pretty smart in the past, but it, everybody th- right now has got to think he's got himself in a bunch of goo that almost has no way out. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you know that that seems to be the the sort of sense of what you what I, everybody's saying when they're reading it. But quite frankly, I think that he's doing the things that he needs to do in order to make it successful. Oh. I mean, everybody said that they needed to to, to 
you know, now of course, being who he is, he does everything in a big and, and fantastical way. But he need they needed to trim their staff. They had too many people working there, so he did that. Oh yeah. Now he's exploring different ways of revenue. He's he looked into you know selling the check mark. Well, that turned out to be a bust, but he might modify that and then relaunch it in a in a safer way. Um, he's talking about oh, yeah. um, some of the adult content, setting that up so that it's you know monetized, and and if you're in the in a, if you posting adult content that you have to pay fees to either share it or to see it um you know and so he's looking at different ways to monetize and he and he he is one of those guys who talks about a whole bunch of stuff in public you know but what he actually if you just look at what he's actually doing well you know it's like he's he's, looking for feedback right he, he he loves the feedback right and he uses twitter to do that you know and so uh yeah you know and then when the yeah, when the feedback gets out of bounds, he always has a snarky remark to uh, put them put them in their place. Too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I I think that he's probably doing the right things. I don't necessarily like his style in doing it. You know, his his methodology is is kind of rude well, and and you know behavior is is arrogant. Um, but by the same token, you know, I think he's doing the things that need to be done in order to make. Oh yeah, it a successful endeavor. So you know, I will see. I mean, time will tell. Yep, yep. You know, but anyway, I I got me obligatory Elon. Uh, Elon story, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I, I've seen the, the uh, in here. They're talking about calling it a a, a Telon phone or a, a Muscophone. <laughs> Right. You know, or you could brand it as a Tesla phone or a Starlink phone or, a, you know, I mean, lots you know, of different ways. You know, to... I thought what I thought when I uh, when I see what's been going on with Musk for the last couple months, at least, it just seems, is that he's taken over for what uh, used to be Trumpism. I mean, he's as, as necessary to the news as Trump used to be. Yeah. You know? Well, and and it's funny it really because is. the news agencies are just moving to whatever drives eyeballs to them, right? They they'll report right. on things that they think people will tune into them on. So they're so they're reporting on Musk because he's he's a ready source for outrageous quotes. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, he has a lot of the same skills that Trump has in that regard. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and half the people are tuning in because they're going, yeah, and half the people are tuning in going, what did that idiot say now? But they're tuning well, in, it, and that's it, the point. Yeah, he's becoming a, a love or hate kind of guy. You know? Right. You, got, you can't – there's no middle ground. Right. Yeah. But like I said, the point is they're tuning in. Whether they love him or hate him, they're tuning in, right? You know, that's if, if yeah. the news carries an article about Elon Musk, people listen to it and go, what did he say now? Whether you like him or hate him. You you seem to care, right? And so right. that's what drives that's what drives the news, which is a little bit unfortunate, you know. Um, yeah, because I think it takes it, it takes the news out of the well, news and turns the news into who's saying the most outrageous and fantastical thing, you know. And Trump recognized news, that and use and and leveraged it big time. Yeah, but but the news has voluntarily followed along and and willingly done that. Oh yeah, they've, been, they've let let people use them, right? You know? Right, but I and, think and, that they've done it. They've done it because because you know I think it, when, when television in its earlier days, 
news was something that they provided as a uh, a, a sense of 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 um, necessity to the community, and it wasn't required to be a source of revenue or to make money. And now the the people who run the network say no. If it's going to be on television, we have to be able to say that this is this provides a positive income source. And if it but isn't, they violated. They violated one of the major rules of journalism, and that is to not become the story themselves. Right. And so they've oh, inter- absolutely. interjected themselves so much in the news that they are the story very often. Yeah. You know? Or, yeah. And, and, and they do it by... But the people who run the company, and everything the, else. the people who run ABC and NBC and CBS and Fox and, and you know, whatever, they're not journalists. Mm-hmm. They're business people. You know, the journalists, if you ask the journalists, they would say, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing this. But right. basically, the people who say that too loudly are no longer employed there because, yep. because the people who run the place say, we got, the, we got to make money or we won't do this. And so that's, that's right. why the news now is what it is, because they got to make money, you know? Well, and, and, and uh, it was quite evident for several of the networks to uh, to really experience significant losses, for example, when Trump uh, was out of the headlines, you know. Yeah. Because I mean, when when you compare the, what they were making when he was in the headlines versus what he when he disappeared, and and now Elon can have that same effect. Right. You know, or, or they found another target. Right. They'll move on to the next guy. Right. That can, like I said, say outrageous things and 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 drive emotions. You know, drive eyeballs exactly. to their news shows. So you're right. He is he is kind of taken on that mantle, you know, in in less of an overtly political way, in a business way. But he's certainly yeah. done that. You know, he's he's the guy that they now say, oh, almost every day. You know, there's a news story talking about what did Elon Musk say or do today. You know, was it right. good? Was it bad? Doesn't really the matter from the, the day, <laughs> right? And from the news, you know, and from the news organizations stand really doesn't matter whether you like it or don't like it we just want you to talk about it because we know if we talk about it you'll tune in yep so help you out (laughs) and i say all of this is a guy who almost never tunes in uh my wife watches morning news and when she gets home in the afternoon she watches some afternoon news i don't watch news i read news so i don't you know not that they don't not that written news is is you know falls to victim I, to the same thing. I, I still try to distinguish news from entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <You> know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's yeah, the other right. thing is, yeah, there's a whole bunch of news that isn't, you know, they're not telling you news. What they're doing is they're, they're, uh, barking at you dogma, <laughs> you know, right. to, because it's entertainment, you know? Yeah. I always laugh at uh, uh, John Stewart used to be used to rail on about people, you know, treating him like a newsman. And he goes, I'm on a oh. comedy channel. I'm not a newsman. My lead in show is a puppet. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, but they kept treating him like a newsman. So he just finally went, all right, fine. I'm a newsman. <laughs> well, but 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 he was doing that sort of kind of tongue in cheek because he was playing. Uh, the role as a fake newsman right. a lot of the time. Right. Well, yeah. that's it. He, he so was saying, so I've never been trained as a journalist. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not trained as a journalist. I'm 
my, my I'm a stand-up comedian. That's what I was trained as. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. next up, China imposes harsh COVID-19 restrictions, which we know they've been doing that zero COVID for quite a while. But it is affecting manufacturing in China, of which Apple is, you know, falling victim to, just like everybody else. Um, well... I don't know if it's just like everybody else anymore. They're getting awfully close to the edge, so, you know, with what's going on in the world. And that's getting people really nervous. I think the whole stock area is, uh, uh, if, if it were to happen that the, uh, what's this Jing guy name? I can't remember the G, the, the, the yeah. head of China. Yeah. The head, head of the, the commies spelled X I. If he decides to do something mm-hmm. in Taiwan, then I think Apple is in a deep yogurt, and they won't have any yeah. good way out. Well, you know, they're 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 um, they do have manufacturing ongoing in India already. Uh, they have completed yep. their um, their manufacturing facility in Arizona. Uh, the building is complete. They've got to finish out the interior so before they can start production there, and that'll probably be. Uh, at the end of 2023, uh, beginning of yep. 2024. So, you know, this next year, they're still kind of balancing on a fine line, but they've been moving very hard to to diversify their production. They are largely doing it through uh, Taiwan Semiconductor, but just because it's based on, you know, that's the name of the company, you know, they've well, got that, facility. That's the they've product, got that's the, that's the chip production side right. of it, but then there's the assembly side too, which is the biggie. Right, but that's also some of the assembly is done by TSMC and the, and, um, and that other company. I'm blanking on their name, but both of the 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 major companies that are doing a lot of that are diversifying locations throughout the world. And in fact, they've got uh, chip manufacturing. TSMC has chip manufacturing in um, Europe, also now. And so you know, there is some diversification that's going on, and it's very much because. Uh, Apple is pushing it because Apple's looking at the you know, the, po- the politics of the world and going, uh, we don't feel comfortable and safe in relying well, on everything being in China anymore. They're they're doing things that take months, if not years, and Absol- they might ha- might be down to weeks or or maybe a few months. Well, that's uh, it. Yeah, the, there's a race. And- Absolutely, there's a race going on, saying, can we get this done? You know, here, and quite frankly, if something like you know, if if China decides they're going to go marching into Taiwan and then we step in and try to, to say, no, you're not. And, you know, is there anywhere in the world that's going to be safe to do production for anything other than, you know, war making, basically? Um, well, one of know. the thoughts that I, I, I had uh, something in the back of my mind that I was wondering about is. Is it even possible that Apple could say, uh, if if China started doing some nasty things to them, that they basically shut off all all of China's Apple phones over there because they got special th- things they've done for China already, mm-hmm. and uh, it it it's a distinct possibility that somebody as big as Apple can basically uh, wipe out a lot of uh, communications and really sure. create havoc in a major company mm-hmm. by having some some embedded uh, capabilities, yeah. unknown capabilities. Right. 
Well, and uh, in fact, just like we have in some cases said we don't want some of our, our critical infrastructure manufactured overseas, um, China has done the same. <laughs> Other countries have done the same too. Um, and they've demanded that some of the servers that Apple products re- require to run for some of their services and stuff be located within the borders of their country uh, because they don't want backups of people's, you know, text messages and stuff sure. being stored outside of the country. Um, yeah, but somebody yeah. who's right at the center of the whole thing that designs the chip, designs yeah. the chip, and nobody over there, even if they tried, really understands everything that goes into all those chips. That's micro, micro level, you know? Right, yeah. Even so, by looking at it, you can't figure out exactly what's there. You need to know the blueprint. Or, or, yeah. Yeah, or even with a micro microscope, you know. Yeah, that's what uh, I was saying. Yeah, even you know, even looking at it with a microscope or anything is like that doesn't mean that you understand what every little piece on that chip does. You're right. You're absolutely right. And Apple might have that kind of leverage, um, and who knows, you know. Um, so I, 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 I wouldn't want to be in Apple's shoes without having something uh, in in my pocket somewhere that they don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> Would you? Yeah, I don't <laughs> Cause, know. Because they, you know? they had to know that, that, that uh, when you're dealing with a totalitarian regime, that they're not the known for honesty or goodwill or whatever. It's yeah. up to them. They're going to continue to do whatever they're doing as long as it benefits them. And the second it stops benefiting them, then they will no longer do it or allow it or tolerate it. Yep. You know, I mean, that's... And war can come quickly in those... Those businesses, you know? Yeah. I mean, even accidentally, just like any other kind of thing, you know, you got to be careful as to what's what's said or what people think is being said. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was it just a few months ago? There was a big stink about the fact that the president did not want uh, Nancy Pelosi to go to Taiwan because she would ruffle feathers. And she looked at him and went, tough, I'm going anyway. <laughs> you know, it's a free country and I'm yeah. going. We, I live in a free country. Taiwan, Taiwan is a free country. You know, and if it upsets somebody who's a neighbor who's not a free country, that's not my problem, was sort of her attitude. Um, but it made everybody I, nervous. It was like, well, okay, what are they going to do if she does that? And, you know, they did what they normally do, which is they did some flyovers and, you know, yeah, let everybody anyway, know they weren't happy. Now, now I I didn't send this to you because it's too many parts. I out of a, uh, a another briefing I took uh, store closures in this country and just sort of uh, saved them on my pictures thing mm-hmm. and uh, to to indicate just how bad things are going for lots of companies in in this country. Disney is closing sixty stores in the U.S. and Canada is the first one. Okay, and it's Name this goes, whole objective of this thing was to say how our businesses are doing. GameStop stop is closing hundreds of more stores. Uh, Best Buy is quietly closing U.S. stores across four states. These are all announced things. Mm-hmm. Microsoft will permanently close all the retail stores around the world as it shifts focus to online sales. Shortages of antivirals, antibiotics, compounds, stress, a rough season for the whole drug industry. And then following that is Walgreens and CVSs are closing even more locations starting Monday. Walgreens is to close 200 U.S. stores, CVS to close 900 stores, which is nearly 10% of its locations. 
Body and Bath cuts 130 jobs amid slight sales drop. But that doesn't really tell the whole story, and I didn't. 130 uh, jobs? That doesn't sound right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The words change uh, that go with that were, I think it was 130 uh, stores instead of jobs. Right. Obviously, that doesn't fit in with the rest of them. But anyway, I'll skip it. Uh, Here's a small company I'd never heard of. Loctane files for bankruptcy with plans to close to 23 stores, but it turns out they only have 50-some stores over here, and they're basically women's uh, cosmetic products. Chipotle, they closed 65 stores this this year. Office Depot, to close at least 400 stores, uh, and more than 13,000 jobs. Uh, Gap eliminating about 500 corporate jobs as sales fall. So there's one that's kind of going to you know, impact mm-hmm. uh, others by, it says 350 stores as well by 2023. Right. As they, then they're basically, and all of these are giving as a primary reason is they're moving online. Well, that's business, what I was going to say is, is, you know, the online is killing all of these businesses. And so they're, they're trying to move online to compete with the Amazons and the Walmarts of the world. Yep. Because Walmart we, has moved a lot online. Yeah. The Gap people says we've been overly reliant on low productivity, high rent stores, which is, was founded in 1969, used mm-hmm. the past six months to address the real estate issues and accelerate their shift to a true omni, they call it an omni model, meaning other mm-hmm. digital sources or whatever. Uh, AT&T to close 250 stores, cut thousands of jobs amid demand for wireless services. Pier 1 Imports uh, is close to, to close up 450 stores and to cut jobs. Their Pier 1 is also bankrupt they've declared bankruptcy say, pier one went out of uh, went into bankruptcy like two years ago yeah but anyway it says stores to permanently be shut down so that these 200 or 450 yeah. stores our local our local pier one has been shut down for two years building still yeah. standing there empty nothing else has gone into it yep and then there's a sally beauty supply i don't know who they are but they're pretty apparently pretty large uh wholesaler 350 mm-hmm. stores uh, McDonald's to close hundreds of its Walmart restaurants, and they're going to close 200 of their own U.S. restaurants. Mm-hmm. And uh, that and, one surprises me a little bit. Yeah, the McDonald's, you, you know, because you would think that that uh, fast food stuff would, you know, not necessarily. I mean, they're, you're not going to go to online. Uh, you well, know. they're the they're the kind of place that we would went to during the uh, pandemic before the others learned to adapt to take, take out orders and all that. Right. Right. So, yeah. Any, anyway, uh, things still haven't kind of recovered there. And I think part of the problem with a lot of these businesses, they can't get employees. People are not going back to work until we solve that problem. Uh, anyway. And finally, uh, the last page of it, it says, Housing crash has begun, the, the, and Amazon, the collapse has begun because they've announced uh, lots of dr- job drops uh, as as well. Mm-hmm. And because they're, they're coming out of the pandemic actually made things worse for them because they saw a growth when the pandemic occurred. 
Right. And, and they've over, uh, staffed and all for that. So, uh, but another thing that I saw about this housing crash is this morning for the first time, I saw an article that said, uh, the mortgage rates have just today slipped below 7%. So apparently we got to the point, no houses were selling. And so they had no choice if they want to continue in business, if they're going to make any loans at all is to start pushing that down. So maybe that's some indication that we're getting to the, to the peak of the recession, if you will. Yeah. So I don't know. Was, the, the, uh, I mean, 7% is, is high compared to what it, the interest rates been for the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Went way up from what usually it was around 4% somewhere. In there. Right. Or, uh, well, historically it was even below 3%, but right. But for the last decade, I think it's been, you know, low single digits. Yeah, somewhere around 4%, I think. But anyway, uh, this is kind of indication uh, along with the, uh, Europe, the bad news from Europe because of the war over there. And uh, recent, the, the, the biggest thing is that apparently Germany is in the world of Hertz over there. And a lot of people are abandoning their connections. European, other European countries are abandoning their connections with Germany to go with red China. And so that's kind of scary. And I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah. I don't know what you mean by abandoning their connections with, well, and to go with red China. I I don't, I, 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 a lot of the exports for most of Europe came out of Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. predominantly that was the big country over there from an economic standpoint. Right. And, and they've had to cut back uh, a lot because of the energy shortage. Uh, and they haven't solved the problem this year, but they are saying that most of the countries are going to squeak by this year, but next year's will be the hard year because they had some surplus in, you know, back, back up in store, uh, prior to the war. But, uh, it's, it, and, and with all the uh, uh, measures they've taken to get through the winter, uh, they're, they're par- apparently going to survive. But a lot of smaller businesses have already collapsed over there. They, mm-hmm. they were worse off than we were because on top of all of this, uh, they, they have the energy shortage problem. Right. So uh, that, that, that means that... Uh, you know, we're going to lose business to Europe as well. And apparently China is stepping in to do business over there in a big way. Yeah. So, uh, and I, and I point all of this out because, uh, it's, it's, it's a global pandemic, if you will, or the fallout of the pandemic and, uh, mismanagement. And on top of that, the wars, uh, or the war that's going on. Uh, so, it's uh, it's more than just a few little tech stores. I, I, I got this article just to kind of show you the backdrop and how broad it is because they list. Mm-hmm. I listed 15 companies there in that whole list. Yeah. And the actual article had a list of others smaller, uh, but some recognizable mm-hmm. names. Just yeah. You know that. Have, well, I don't have, know anybody who thought it was just a few little tech stores. I think that it's been pretty. Um, uh, pretty well covered even in, in, in news and articles that, that the, um, you know, that we're, we're 
dancing with recession and that there's, you know, some long-term problems with, with the workforce uh, coming back out of the, um, you know, out of the uh, pandemic, I think that a lot of people found that they could get by with less during the pandemic and said, you know, getting by with less gives me more free time and maybe that's the life I would rather live. And so that's making things very difficult for businesses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we've been, we've been in a long period of time where, where everybody felt like you needed to work as much as you could. And then the businesses sort of said, well, you know, I, you know, you have to work overtime today. You have to do that. And so businesses were running a lot of people's lives. And I think a lot of people having gone through the pandemic went, you know what? I don't. I don't have to do what you said anymore. I, you know, it, it, I, you know. Now maybe that'll the pendulum will swing back the other way at some point when they find out that you know I can't just go somewhere else and get a job. You know, I don't know. Well, you know, uh, in these tough times, I always look for these as opportunity times for technologists. And that's yeah. One of the other reasons to bring this up, and I was wondering, where do you think? Things will go from here. We've we've tried the uh, uh, stay at home and live at home thing to an extreme during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helped the Amazons of the world who were set up for that kind of uh, arrangement. But even now they're saying, well, maybe we overdid it, and it, it, it's just a matter of adjustment to whatever comes out, you know, during this next year, you know. Uh, uh, there's companies like Walmart that have become Amazon-like. Right. They've got much more uh, home delivery available than they ever did. You know. Right. Well, and in they're they're pushing back against Amazon in a way that Amazon is not currently set up to 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 compete with them, and that is order it online and then you know come drive over in our parking lot and we'll bring it out to you and you can have it today. Yeah. You don't have to wait you know tomorrow or the next day. It's like well, if you want it today. You know, just buy it from us, and we'll bring it out to you. It's there. Yeah, the, the advantage of having more stores. Yeah, in, in the retail spaces that people right. can go to, and their and their stores are very warehouse like, and so they're basically just using them as, as the right. warehouses for for distribution from online sales. Now they'll ship it to you as well, uh, right. but but they pivoted pretty quickly, and uh, you know, and Target is doing the same thing, and Target and Walmart. Um, Part of what has made them successful over, you know, the Kmart's and the the Grants and the other, um, you know, sort of discount stores in that same space, is that they both embraced technology pretty quickly. So they've got really high end um, uh, inventory maintenance and and tracking systems, and uh, and and smart advertising systems where they track what people are buying. Uh, and able to to you know then stock the right things at the right time, so they have sort of just in time uh, uh, inventory management that are very advanced. And that was you know because it, and of course it's all computerized, so that made pivoting to some online stuff pretty easy for them. Yeah, the one thing I was wondering about is I would I think that a high percentage of Walmart merchandise comes from China. Yeah, and, a fair amount. And therefore, any kind of just in time or, you know, thing got pretty disrupted through the pandemic because of a lot mm-hmm. of ships. that. Uh, yeah. Well, here in L.A., there was, a, you know, at any given time, 50 or 60 container ships sitting off the coast waiting to get 
you know, into the country. Yeah. And, and so it seems to me that uh, a lot of this dependence for, on the supply chain mm-hmm. uh, had some big issues that uh, can't be very well addressed in hard times. Yeah. That yeah, no, a, fa- a fair amount of things are made in China, but a fair amount of things are made in other uh, Asian countries. And, and there's a booming market for things being made in Mexico. Um, but still, if you look at the tag on the stuff, you get a lot of it says made in China. Yeah. I even got something the other day. I forgot what it was. Made in Tunisia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I say, the, it's, it's, the world is being diversified as far as manufacturing. The question is, is the diversification moving fast enough to make us, you know, safe from, from China cutting off manufacturing to the rest of the world? You know, the thing is, is that that would be economic suicide for them, too, yeah. because that means that then they've got a billion people twiddling their thumbs going, you know, how do we make enough money to eat? Um, so, you know, there is that interdependence, you know, they're not going, China's not going to cut off access to their manufacturing, you know, uh, without, you know, real cause for doing that and without thinking it through, you know, whether you like their system of government or not, the people running the place are not stupid, (laughs) you know, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's the part that, that makes me sense that they, you know, that, that to feel more secure about things than, than, uh, than not, you know, what makes me feel insecure is like, you're mentioning all these businesses that are, are, are struggling or shutting down brick and mortar places. Um, and what's that mean to our society and how, what are things going to look like in 10 years or in 20 years as a result, you know? Well, you know, all of us were shocked during the pandemic to go into a grocery store and say, look at all those empty shelves, man. I wanted to buy this and this and this and they right. don't have it. Yes, we all remember the the great toilet paper disappearance of 2020. <laughs> yeah. I got, I was so lucky during that. I literally had just gone to, uh, to like the warehouse store, Sam's in my case, or Costco, um, and bought like a giant big package of it and then got home and stuck it in my storage and realized that I had a giant big package of it. And had completely forgotten about it. So I actually was like, you know, sending toilet paper to some of our relatives and saying, hey, I got some guys if you need it. Because I, you know, was like, oops, who knew? You know, talk, talking about technology, to me, the most exciting ones that I've been reading about, about lately, and they seem to be spreading pretty quick, are vertical farms. In other oh, words, yeah, you've talked about that before. That uh, the, There's one I saw the other day that was really inventive uh i didn't send you uh something on that but uh man they can they were making all kinds of uh micro greens as they called them uh which were small little green things so these are very often uh sprouts or just close you know not much beyond sprouts because people like them and they're tender and they taste totally different Mm -hmm. they're wonderful in salads and that's what they want to, that that currently or in the past have had to ship from Mexico and you know other places where it stays warm year round so that you can still ha- harvest these things if you're going to do them outdoors. But the obvious answer to that is put it indoors so it make that climate perfect for the crop year round, mm-hmm. and therefore you can keep producing this stuff. But it was amazing how what the 
uh, numbers were, the equivalent of a of a store was like 20 times the production of crops that they had for the same ground space that this building was built on. That was a pretty large building. And in some of these configurations, you're talking about multiple uh, greenhouses that go, you know, five to, to 10 stories high. Right. Uh, or, or maybe higher. I, I really, I, I, those don't, don't use my word numbers for stories because nobody used that term. Uh, right. It's not well, like it's there's not a like wicked... elevators and floors. These places have have a uh, uh, crops that go way high, and the building is open. You know, it's not floors. It's it's extremely. How do you want to? How do you? What do you call that? Overhead. Open uh, warehouse space that basically is is yeah yeah the, it's really tall. Things I, I don't planted how... up there. Yeah, they don't have it, it arbitrarily broken into, you know, ten foot high ceilings for each floor like that human beings would need to live in. Yeah. And, and in many cases, it's not glass. Like, uh, you'd think, even though I used the term, uh, hothouse or something like yeah, that, or greenhouse, uh, be- yeah. because they have these lamps now that put out the same frequencies of the light that they need for raising crops. That's the new technology. Right. It's really made this all work. Yeah. Well, I, they, they have a Wikipedia page talking about vertical farming, and they list a whole bunch of different places where they have um, uh, farms that are in, you know, in use right now, uh, where, it's, where it's been implemented. They do make the point of saying, though, that if you're not using renewable energy sources to meet the energy demands to run all of these grow lights in these places, that you could be producing significantly more pollution than traditional farms or greenhouses. So, you know, again, depends on on how you're powering all of those lights because you have, you know, when you're inside of a building, especially internally, you know, on the external edges of the building, they can get sunlight, but uh, natural sunlight. But in the center of the building, they have to put grow lights up and those have to be powered with something. So, yep. Well, it's uh, it's electricity and it's just a, mm-hmm. that comes back to how do you generate the electricity? Exactly. And that's what they're saying. If it's a non-renewable form, then you could be using more energy and creating more pollution to create that energy than a typical farm or greenhouse as it exists today. Well, well, the problem with the way we're structured is that nobody looks at the thing from a system standpoint. It's right. Depending on the gov- government or a few very large corporations to, to provide the electrical uh, power on those lines because it's all wired to be a, a you know, uh, to come from sources like hydroelectric wherever those are possible, and that's few and far between, or it's gas and coal and whatever else. And uh, as as the uh, wind and solar energy comes on, of course they attach into the same system for transmission yeah. purposes. Yeah, uh, but uh, they they need to do it all together. You know, where have those places as close to the manufacturing as they can, because otherwise you end up with need for more and more batteries. So, and, and and that's the that's the downside of most of these uh, yeah. renewables is that is the need for batteries to smooth out the times when they're not available. Right, right. But by the same token, you know, plants naturally grow in light and dark. Right, yes. sunshine and yeah. sun. So during the day, when the solar is working, you provide light inside the building. You're 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 you're, you're definitely using more yeah. energy 
than if you can spread it out over the, mm -hmm. the crops in order to have the yeah. uh, the environment controlled. That, that's mm -hmm. what you're paying for. Controlled you know, I wonder if anybody has looked into the idea of instead of using uh, electrical lighting inside the building, using mirrors to bring the sunlight from outside inside the building or design the building such that it brings the light through so that the internal, the interior of the building is lit via mirrors from the sun. Uh, it'd be pretty hard to do that with mirrors, but I'm not saying it's impossible. Well, they use mirrors that move in, in concert to heat up water, to create steam, to create solar energy. They've got yeah. huge farms out in, in the desert here in Southern California as you head out towards Las Vegas that do exactly that. And it's nothing but this, you know, acres of mirrors that all are targeting the sun on one spot. Yeah. Of course, the downside is if a bird happens to fly through that spot, he gets fried and dies. And they've that so they've had environmentalists upset that that system out there is killing birds. Yeah, well, one of the problems with the, with the manufactured farming is they're actually moving the plants on a continuous basis almost. Mm -hmm. They don't have to move them all the time. But, but to get water and stuff, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it depends on how you design it. You know, do you have pipes that bring the water to the plant or do you bring the plant to the water? But, but, the, real re but the real reason for moving them is so that you can go high into the building, go vertical, you know? Right. And, uh, and that depends on these uh, baskets that get moved around. Mm -hmm. Which then requires energy to move them, so... Requires energy to move. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with what's the design, you know, um, there, I was just on the Wikipedia page, they, under implementations, they talk about them. And there was in 2010, there was a fairly large one that was in, uh, Atlanta and they ended up going bankrupt. You oh, know, is that right. Yeah. So, so like anything, you know, the idea has, has merit. Um, but all of the, all of the implementations at this point seem to be pilot implementations, and it remains to be seen whether or not these um, this concept of vertical farming really well, can, ma can make it. You know, be, there's advantages be, in terms of density of, of land use for growth you, and keeping the food close to the people who are going to use it. Well, they've but, cut they've cut the transportation costs a lot. So in that sense, they've helped the environment. Well, that's what I said. There's advantages and disadvantages of, of this yeah. over traditional farming, right? Because because if the bottom floor of the building is you know in downtown in a city in a big city, is a you know fresh produce store, you're right. There's no transportation costs, right? Everybody just comes and gets it right there. It's in their neighborhood. Yep. But uh, um, you know, and that's a significant. That's not a you know insignificant amount. But, uh, you know, if, if it uh, costs significantly more to create it because you're paying a coal plant somewhere to provide you with electricity in order to make the thing go, then you're, you're, you're creating a lot more pollution than you would have if you just planted it in the dirt. Yep. So, you know, pluses and minuses. It's all very interesting. I, um, a while back, and I don't remember the title of it, but I read a really good, uh, there was a novel and then a follow on. And they were, it was interesting because it, the way it was structured is different chapters in the novel were, were written by different famous, uh, sci-fi writers. And yeah. so, and, and basically it was set sometime in the future. And part of it was talking about, you know, living in, you know, both there was, there was both utopian and dystopian 
versions of you know different cities and how they were growing and uh, and one of them talked about cities with vertical farms like this and stuff growing in them and uh, and so everything was like right there you know and it was it was in- interesting vision of what could be you yeah. know but there's still like any good idea you have to work out all the problems you know but by the way in order to keep from moving a lot of water around uh which is heavy and make it's harder to mm-hmm. move is the uh last one that i read about had had a technology for feeding the plants what they needed and on a timely basis uh how much mm-hmm. they needed mm-hmm. so when I talk about water, it's a solution of that and certain minerals for each mm-hmm. type of crop, but it's unique to whatever you're growing. Right. And, and they've analyzed that need at uh, university studies, you know, figuring it out. But they spray the, the uh, roots that are encased in something to, so that they don't, so that the plant consumes the moisture that's with the spray. Right. Uh, Aeroponics. sprayed again. Yeah, I was just reading about it. It's called because there's hydroponics where you grow in in a solution, or, or uh, uh, you know you grow without dirt. Aquaponics yeah. where they're basically grown in in a liquid solution, and aeroponics where they're not grown in anything. They're just provided directly the nutrients that yeah. are sprayed on them. Yeah, well, NASA it, has done a lot of work on that because they're talking about like, well, how do you grow plants in outer space without hauling up a bunch of dirt, right? Nobody yep. wants to pay to launch dirt into space. So, yeah. Well, the the soil turns out to have most of its use is just to hold the plant up. You know, it's a, a base right. for it. To, yeah. To go St- structure and then a a a means for it's a you know was it like you said mineral and nutrient delivery system. Yeah. Right. Right. That's- Much like French fries are an excellent salt delivery system for us. Right. Popcorn, yep. popcorn, right. excellent salt delivery system. Absolutely, <laughs> salt and grease—that's the two things that they that, that popcorn and, and potatoes do really, really well. But but anyway, it's it's just another way of getting rid of an unneeded stuff in the process of growing food. Find mm-hmm. out what the planet really wants and give it that and that, you know, and nothing else. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, you think about it, it's, you know, cuts, cuts down on the waste and the, and the weight and the, and a whole bunch, right? You know, cut out the middleman. We don't need that, that middle piece as long as there's some structural way to support the plant. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, it's and, all interesting stuff. Yeah. And, the, and I thought what was just fascinating about the, this particular article, because I mentioned my, micro greens, uh, was that in the process of developing it, they, they discovered that just like most other things, when things are young, they're more tender and flavorful than you think. And people didn't even have uh, these, a lot of these things as uh, ingredients to the recipes. They were really uh, starting out expecting to have to grow a head of lettuce. And now maybe they just start harvesting it way before it ever gets that big. They don't want to wait that long, mm-hmm. you know, and you can, and these earlier stages, they grow faster too. It turns out the rate of growth, and what you get out of it is more if you harvest it young. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because we very often, um, you know, palate-wise prefer, like, you know, young peas and, 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 and baby baby lima beans and things like that. And now right. it turns out that, you know, they get there quicker 
then tear the plant out and grow more. Don't don't right. let them keep growing for another, you know, say it, t- it takes three weeks to get to an edible stage and then five weeks to get to an adult stage. Well, every three weeks, pull them out. And you can get two crops in instead of one, two and a half crops in. Yeah. So anyway, a lot of fascinating things are coming out of the agriculture world that uh, mm-hmm. is really advancing the the business of what we're going to eat in the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's an interesting idea to say, you know, you know, what would it, imagine what life would be like if you, you know, across the street and all the, the, the you had a, a building that was where all of the food's grown, right? And you go over there to get your food. Yep. You buy it. It's fresh off, literally fresh out of the ground. Unlike yeah, you, now when they're picking it before it's ripe generally so that it doesn't get beat up in transportation. And then sometimes, you know, two or three weeks later is when the food actually shows up in a store where you buy it. That's right. You know, so anyway, uh, but it's a gar- garden to table type of thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. More, more direct. Yeah. The, it's, it's garden to table with a shorter, shorter trip, right? <laughs> we bring right. the garden closer to the table. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I got to say one thing though. I noticed that it seems like a lot of the people that they, they, I'm just looking at pictures here, pictures of people doing vertical farming and they're all wearing like, like, you know, uh, Lab coats? Well, not even lab coats, like full body white suits and face masks. And it's like, you know, is it unhealthy for them or do they just want to make sure they're not bringing any germs to the plants? <laughs> well, you would think that'd be like the healthiest, best air in the world walking around. Although I suppose if they're spraying uh, nutrients onto plants, if you inhaled that, it might not be good for you. Exactly. That's just what I was going to say. Yeah. It, it's not. It's like fertilizers and stuff. I, I remember yeah. some. Ver- when I was out on the farm, they had this thing called anhydrous, uh, anhydrous ammonia. Right. And boy, you get downwind from that while it's being put in the ground and some of it doesn't stay. You can't get a hundred percent of it sealed in the ground before some of it escapes. And man, you can really get it. It'll almost knock you out. I mean, it's stout gas basically that escapes. And, uh, that definitely was not good for me. Yeah, no, I was trying to think of I think that's even actually like wasn't it used like in World War One or so it was um uh, Well, it was after World War Two for me. But. Well I understand, but I'm saying I, I think that, that that's part of what is used in some of the gases that were used in World War One before they got banned was uh like uh ammonia gas because it like will burn your lungs. Yeah. So I, Well, uh I don't I don't know that they're using any gas type things to feed this, you know, it seemed to be, have been dissolved chemicals. Uh, mostly sure. Sure. Because the, the, the primary thing the plants need are some, some moisture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, apparently it is still being used. And uh, anhydrous ammonia is a pungent gas with suffocating fumes. Symptoms can include breathing difficulty, irritation of the eyes, nose and throat. Exposure to high concentrations can lead and, to death. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Not something you want to mess with. So, yeah, but make your plants grow. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, if they're going to raise them in the in these houses, I actually I don't know how much people need to actually be in these houses. They're they're fairly darn automated. Yeah, and but you know, at some time there's going to be people need to come in to collect them to harvest the harvest or something. Right. I don't think they have automatic harvesters. Although it did indicate on at least one of these things. Uh, that your 
your crop included the roots. And so you, you just took the whole basket out and you, you know, it was already clean. Everything was clean and you just started, you know, putting it on the plate almost, you know? Yeah. Now, obviously there's different. Well, and if it's got like, if it's got like the, the, um, the moving chain of things sort of like, you know, like a dry cleaner with the plants moving through at one end, they can have the, the piece where it harvests, right? So or somebody pulls it out of the basket to harvest yeah. it. So you don't even need to go up into the rest of the building. Yeah. Or, but, or, you, or it automatically routes it out to a place where the humans can stand the environment or something, you know, yeah. isolate some, by the way, I, I got to tell our listeners that, uh, I discovered one of the most interesting new micro, uh, props, and that is cucumbers, none of which were longer than two inches. Most of them were less than an inch. Or They're called pickles, Dad. No, they were not pickles. <laughs> they were raw cucumbers. Well, pickles and, start off as raw cucumbers. Well, except I'm just, that they have vinegar and a lot of other flavors. But These, they start off as raw cucumbers. you got to have little cucumbers that size. And, and, and that's what I ate. I you ate just ate the, the raw cucumber cucumbers. Yeah. With, with nothing on them, except that finally I decided that, oh, maybe a little uh -huh. blue cheese or, or one of those dressings would be nice uh -huh. to dip, dip it in. And then I yeah. started doing it that way. But they were so delicious all by themselves. I bet. Now, and I they bet the, the skin is all nice and soft. They don't get tough like when they get older. The skin on a cucumber, oh, you have to peel it oh, off. Oh, man, and they're so crisp. I mean, you take a bite out of it, it just go pop off, right off. You could just uh -huh. you know, snap, snap them in two. You know, they're just. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, there was just nothing better. I've never had a better cucumber than those little cucumbers. Yeah. And so I have become a real fan of small products like this. Isn't it now, funny, though, because because little cucumbers have been used for years, but in the United States, they didn't sell them raw. They sold them to the pickle people. They sold yeah. us the big old the cucumbers that were tough and big, right? Now, now, yeah. Now, now, let me talk. Let me tell you uh, one where uh, uh, a carrot farmer basically took a lot of unsold carrots and he made these, you know, you, you, you've seen these little bags of carrots that are peeled and yeah, the little like and they're, and they're, they're all also ones. about two inches. Uh huh. All all of those are big old carrots. He just made them look like a little piece just because they cut them, them down, down. <laughs> and, and and they look better and everybody yeah. bought them, you know. But they they weren't young carrots. Genius, they genius! Were old I tell carrots. you. Yes, the farmer said, "I I'm I got too much waste here. How can I sell this?" And he and he had this machine manufactured that automatically cuts them up and and with a rasps on it so that it, it cleans off the outside and makes them sort uh -huh. of smooth, but, but not really smooth. It's kind of, yeah, whatever. Uh, but you, you, uh, you've all had those kinds of carrots yeah. and they look, look like little carrots, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and my, my daughter, uh, subscribes to, uh, imperfect foods. And what they do is they pro provide, um, uh, discounted, produce box to you every you know you can subscribe and get it however often you want yeah. but it's it's the fruit and vegetables that don't look pretty enough to go in the store but they're fine they just are you know they happen to grow misshapen yeah and yeah. so they can't sell them in a grocery store and she's like well i don't care if it's a you know a, a ugly crooked carrot <laughs> it's still a carrot so well I'll, I'll tell you they they market the old-fashioned non-hybrid uh, 
tomatoes now, mm. and then they refer to them as uh, heritage tomatoes. Right. I planted and heritage tomatoes this last those, year. That's what I plant. Those are the most delicious tomatoes you can ever buy. Yeah. The I, flavor is what was given priority there, right. not the appearance. I grow those. Oh, <laughs> every yeah. every year I I grow heritage tomatoes. Um, yeah. The other thing about heritage tomatoes is you can save some of the seeds and plant new tomatoes with them, whereas right. the hybrids, a lot of them, the seeds are are sterile. That's right. And yeah. so uh, you have to go buy them again from the from the seed manufacturers. Well, what? I, I'm so old that I grew up with heritage tomatoes. We had yeah. them in the garden all the time. It was the only kind were, of tomatoes they had, right? And, that's right. And we didn't care about how ugly they were. We cared about how they tasted. Right. And Well, I remember were, growing up, you usually had some tomatoes growing or, or like some cherry tomatoes in a hanging basket. I remember yeah. in New Mexico going and plucking fresh cherry tomatoes off the hanging basket out back. Yep. Um, yeah, fresh tomatoes. There's nothing worse than a, a bad, mealy tomato, and there's nothing oh. better than a fresh, juicy, flavorful tomato. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's I shouldn't say nothing. Amazing, but, but amazing yeah. the difference. Yeah, but you can go from being something that's horrid and you don't want it in your mouth to something that's just delicious and wonderful. What a treat. And the interesting thing about this is that all followed pretty much the same path. Uh, my dad was a wheat farmer, and... Uh, he had test strips of different varieties of wheat uh, that that he would plant every year, and then they would come out and harvest each one and say, what are the pluses and minuses? And then they'd create the next year's breeds uh, trying to get the best of each of these uh, test varieties together. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but the whole thing, when I say best, the measurement was what's the yield? How How much wheat do you get? And it had to do with, how many grains there were on each head and how big the head was. Uh -huh. This was also that also that the farmers could get more uh, bushels per acre of crop. And, right. and during about a 10-year period, farmers went from uh, where they were getting maybe t 10 year, uh, bushels per acre to over 40 bushels an acre. By the time I left home, I would graduate from college, it was over 50 bushels an acre. Wow. So everything was oriented toward production and profit. Mm -hmm. And then after they got this far, then, then people started looking at the quality of the flour that they were getting. And now they said, well, we got good yield. We're not going to give that up, but we, we'll, we can tune this stuff to give you a better quality of flour. And they, they tested it at the mills and said, what works best mm -hmm. for baking this kind or that kind of stuff? And so then they had, took varieties of not just wheat, but they crossbred them with, with, uh, barley, sometimes a little bit of barley. And so you got cross, uh, varieties of grains that actually uh, are made for specific type of, of baking. And mm -hmm. so th then we, we've kind of gone through that period, I think, where most of the bakers are happy with what they've got and that they even then fine tune it now with, Flavorings, which is the other thing that you can artificially add. They create artificial flavors sometimes that are better than the stuff you get off the, off the uh, product. And it's amazing what they have done in the flavor industry uh, by just adding a few little drops of this or that to the, to the uh, mm -hmm. stuff. So it's uh, now the only thing I haven't heard about is whether they're trying to 
say what would be the perfect food for the average American. I always thought that somehow we've got to get health food driving Pizza. this whole thing. Pizza is the perfect no, no. food. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really wanted to, to eat healthy foods, you should be able to shop at a store that says this was designed for the person who wants to get the right things for his body. Mm -hmm. You know, why not? I mean, they have the ability to optimize about all these other things, you know, about yeah. making money and, and making, uh, yeah, if we can optimize food for the plant, why can't we optimize the plant for the people? That's right. Ultimately, it's it's all about us, right? Right. Should be anyway. So, they did something like that in a sci-fi movie. They called it Soylent Green, and it turns out what they made Soylent Green from was people. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to be the perfect food for people. So, yeah, sci-fi, go figure. <laughs> So, hey, just quick, quickly, uh, two things. One, aquaponics um, made me think of this thing. My daughter actually has an aquaponics set up in her house where she has a fish tank. And on top of the fish tank are plants. And the roots of the plants hang down and create food for the fish. And the food's waste is then used as fertilizer for the plants. And so it's a perfectly balanced system. And she bought this little tank with the plants and everything together. And, and so she has, it's a little closed system. The, the, the plants provide yeah. for the fish and the fish. And in the, in this case, the variety of fish and the plants were all selected to fit in this one little fish tank so that they were, you know, basically would be balanced and work right. Ah, yeah. Um, and unfortunately in this case, her plants are not edible plants. They're just decorative, but it's, it's still kind of cool idea. You know, if you're going to have a fish, uh, a plant, and, yeah. Or if you're going to have a fish tank, why not make them work together? Um, by, by, by the way, I, I failed to tell you, I, I focused all on the vegetables uh, and these mm -hmm. factory uh, factory farms, they're calling them right. in general. And they're saying farms because about everything that is raised on a farm is ultimately their, the goal is to do it in a factory to, to work this transportation issue right. and, and to make the production uh more efficient. Right. And, and one of them that they showed in there was the fish farms. Since you brought that up. Well, that's why I brought it up because aquaponics is the idea of using, uh, creating a symbiotic setup. And I know that I've got family members who live in Mississippi and do catfish farms and, you know, and that could be very, I mean, in Mississippi, they do it in outdoor farms, but there's no reason that that couldn't be done. Um, yeah. you know, in a, in a part of a integrated well, system. Well, well, they they are doing that in city, right? Right. Okay. Because so, you know, it, it catfish poo makes pretty good fertilizer. Yeah, yeah, you bet. And uh, they are also doing that with uh, cattle uh, as well. The mm -hmm. the demand for beef has gone way down from what it used to be, uh, largely because of cost uh, recently. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, even so, the health food people tend to not want you to eat red meat for whatever reason. I don't understand it. Cow farts. But, yeah. They say they're, that they're polluting the world. Okay. But, but anyway, if we captured still... that and used it as a, as a fuel source, because they were all indoors. Yeah. Well, they, they have automated a lot of the uh, feeding and care of cattle and mm -hmm. breeding of cattle to get certain products that are really superior. So that has been coming along for many years. Uh, the biggest problem with it in terms of bringing it into cities 
is that still the cows produce a lot of waste that has to be disposed of quickly or controlled mm -hmm. so that people don't get upset with the smells from around the factory, you know? Yeah. You don't want a corral sitting in the middle of the city park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Well. So capture. anyway. <laughs> yep. Yep. Capture all that methane. Okay. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was you recently got a new piece of technology that's in your living room. Am I correct? Uh, that's being brought in this next Friday. Oh, it's not there that's, yet. Okay, uh, I was. I thought you. you... I, I ordered it with the uh -huh. intention of getting it before the company arrived, but uh -huh. lo and behold, they couldn't schedule the installers, and uh -huh. I am not capable of installing it myself, particularly right. since it's a 65-inch television set. Right. That's got to hang on the wall like a picture. Cool. So next week, maybe we can talk about it. So he's going to have a uh, uh, a brand new 65 inch TV, and we'll talk about the specs and what you think of it when once it's up and going. So I jumped the gun a little bit. I'm sorry. I thought you got it because I thought well, that, that's I think the okay. last well, last well, time I a, talked to you, you had, you were planning to have it for the uh, holiday. So I I really was, but it didn't work out. And so mm -hmm. on the 30th, they'll be out to install it and. Uh, then we'll we'll go from there, and mm -hmm. I do intend uh, at least a couple expansions. Uh, I I was going to buy a 4K Apple TV, but then the mm -hmm. ones that I have on sale for the today, I guess it is, are not the latest and greatest version, uh, and that's what I want. Right. Well, the latest the and previous... greatest version costs less than the previous version did anyway. So. Yeah, uh, but they now have them. You know, right. you can get them as low as sixty-five bucks. Now that's not the four K version, but the, right. But anyway, uh, so you already have the sixty-five dollar one. <laughs> right, right. I, I, that's I'm what you're trying for, to replace. <laughs> it's, well, it's got to be four K, but the other one was uh, vastly improved in the last model. So yeah, yeah. Well, there was actually two versions of four K before this one. This newest one is actually the third four K TV that they've had out. Uh, but you're right. This is the first one where they've physically changed the box and everything. I mean, it's significantly different. And, and but it's but and it's not something that you buy every five years. I buy it. And, yeah, know, yeah. Go with my TV. Well, and, so and what most people do is when they buy one, the old one goes into a bedroom or an office sure. or a, what you know. So they just keep getting pushed down. So like you said, you don't you don't buy them often. And and when you do, you you. You just push the old one down. It's still being used because it works fine. Right. So, yeah. So. Well, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to that. We'll be talking about that next week. Cool. Some. Cool. And uh, uh, anyway, and in addition to the, the, the Apple TV, uh, I have Atmos with it, uh, which requires mm -hmm. a different type of antenna. This is to bring in signals from over-the-air transmission. No, no, no. Atmos is not what you're talking about. You're talking about the next-gen television. Well, it is next-gen television, but it has the name. And that supports Dolby Atmos. That supports Atmos. Oh, right. okay. The Atmos, Atmos is Dolby's sound system. Oh, you're right. That's okay. that's their, their high-quality sound system, and that's um, uh, what Apple is called. I'm trying to think. What does Apple call it? Apple calls it something else. They call it their... Um, not surround sound. They call it something else. Well, anyway, I'm, I'll, I'll probably add in a, an antenna in my attic to receive all five stations that are in the area because I don't want to 
have somebody mount or mounted on the outside that uh, wouldn't get approved by an association. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you, you do get it. I don't. Um, Strangely enough here in, in the uh, Los Angeles area, we don't get, or at least none of the stations that I looked at had the, the new um, supported the new standard yet. So, well, well, part of the, the deal is, is this gives you, uh, basically the, uh, uh, good quality sound and spatial audio from, from, from all the, yeah, from all of the stations, they said that on the cable, most cable systems only include these features on the ball games right now. So even the cable systems aren't the greatest, greatest pictures. Yeah. And those, and those aren't even all 4k. Well, it's, it's, it's not necessarily the features like the, the, like I have, um, uh, direct TV. And so for like sporting games, I have a button I can push to get like additional information about what's going on in the game, stats and, and scores on other games and things like that, yeah. that, that I can pop up. And that's part of what's being, um, included but, now in this, this new standard for over the air television for broadcast TV. But um, I, I read a review of, of these nice t- uh, TVs by one fellow who said, you want to use the over air if you can, because the pictures are better than you can get on your cable, unless you're a different cable than me. So he watches mm-hmm. all of his uh, sports that he can that are available on the local television. Uh-huh. It's preferred over the cable. Well, which just I thought d- was interesting. Depends on, on the cable and how you've got it set up, right? Like some cable places, um, will charge you extra if you want 4K channels. In fact, yeah. it's just like what they did when the HD TV came out. The yeah. regular TV was there, but then you had to pay an extra $5 a month to get access to the HD television. Well, they're doing the same thing with 4K. So if you've got HD and you want the best quality picture, um, then you then you do that. What I found is if you want the best quality picture, generally speaking, is use your streaming service that they support 4k and so uh and and more and more streaming uh sporting things are actually being available on streaming now too yeah so this is a smart tv so you can get all of that kind of stuff yeah it'll be interesting to see what you think of the um, smart tv features versus using the apple tv i have several smart tvs and i have found that i prefer the apple tv over the smart tv you know, I, I can run the same app. So like Netflix on Apple TV or, or Hulu or, or Amazon Prime or whatever on Apple TV works better and, and I get a better quality picture than I do if I use the built-in apps on the television. Yeah. So but, looking forward to it. I, mm-hmm. I'll do it sort of incrementally. I won't have any of that other stuff yet you know, yeah. next, next week, but I'll have the basic t- TV and mm-hmm. have a feel for how, what it does. Yeah. Of course, of course, my wife's going to find the first show I get to that she wants to watch and she'll say, don't change the channel. That's right. You'll, you'll plug <laughs> it in and, and then, and then you're going to end up watching, uh, uh, HGTV and lifetime that's, in, you know, <laughs> and you're like, right. why, why, why? I want to, I want to push the buttons and mm-hmm. kick the tires and all this. You know? Yeah. So anyway, I think we've kind of getting there now. It's about one o'clock. Yep. I think we kind of talked our way through everything. I just wanted, like I said, I wanted to bring up the TV cause I knew that was coming and I didn't realize that it hadn't, it had been, uh, postponed a little bit. So yeah, I forgot to get back to you on that. But so anyway, uh, yeah, 
I felt bad that I couldn't show it off, but that's well, you know, they weren't there to watch television anyway. They were there that, to hang out and see you. That's so. true. Although, oh, we did watch the ball games at night. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody's a fan of something or other. Yeah, yeah. I see your your home team home team won yesterday, Charlotte. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, congrats to them. My Pretty. team is just suffering through a bad year. <laughs> what can I say? In fact, my quarterback went out. My I'm a Packer fan. For those who weren't, uh, who haven't paid attention before, my quarterback went out in the third quarter and didn't come back in with a rib injury on top of the thumb that he broke. Yeah, and awesome. uh, and my brother's favorite team, his quarterback didn't even play for the for the what second or third game because of concussion protocol. He's a Ram fan. They played and, KC, didn't they? Yeah, so yes. So so he and I are going to go see the Rams play the Packers uh on the 19th in in Green Bay and I have a feeling neither one of our starting quarterbacks is going to be playing. <laughs> it's going to be like who's going to lose this game? Oh man. We're going to have a great time regardless of the game, but uh we, it's just We came like, all the way and endured this snow and freezing cold just yeah. for this <laughs> yeah but it's funny because you know when we originally talked about it, it was like cool this is going to be towards the end of the year this may actually have playoff implications and and you know what it's going to have draft implications <laughs> who gets the higher draft pick <laughs> yeah we'll be cheering for our teams to lose so they get the better draft pick next year so man it's been oh. painful anyway been a great week Happy thanks uh, post Thanksgiving to you and to everybody, and we'll be back again next week. Bye, Dad. Yeah, see you next week. Thanks.